The following program is presented by Atmark Media. P.W. Hustle, the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to. Hey man, English motherfucker. Hey, you ain't no real fucking cop, fucking puto motherfucker. You know what? I'm tired of motherfuckers calling us fake. Well, what's up then, bitch? Get hey, the fuck up. Back the fuck up. You and your motherfucking face. Back the fuck up. Now you can pretend 
it's because you weren't interested, but in reality, it's because you didn't want none. And who can blame you, punky? I mean, your whole entire career on the stick, you've been big fish, small pond, and standing across from me, you're just a freaking minnow. You didn't want to go toe-to-toe with me on the stick, punk? Well, too bad, because I'm about to verbally finish you quicker than your UFC career. say clobbering time, it'll say out of time. You can drop cute little pipe bombs all you want, cause I'm MJF and I drop nukes. disappointed in you. But let's not start there. Let's show our guest a little bit of Chicago hospitality. I want to thank you first and foremost for last week. You introduced yourself to me. That's what a proper young man is supposed to do to their elders. And I had no idea your first name was Maxwell. This entire time I thought MJF stood for my jealous fan. See, I got the time. Seems like it still kind of does, doesn't it? If you're so hung up on the fact that I never mentioned you anytime I did press, anytime I ever did an interview, I never brought your name up. Well, that was by design. The last thing I wanted to do is feed your rotten little ego. Look at me, Maxwell, I'm in your head. Probably has a lot to do with the fact that there's a poster of me on your wall. Doesn't change the fact that I'm disappointed because I've always heard about the great MJF. And then last week, I did what nobody else in this industry, nobody else in AEW has been able to do. I shut up the great MJF without saying a word. And you had seven days. You had a whole week to think of good zingers and you came out here with the lowest hanging fruit. He thinks he's somebody. He thinks what he does is revolutionary to the wrestling business when in reality, he's just a less famous Miz.
stuff you know it was almost what I wanted come to think of it that phrase almost what I wanted kind of perfectly encapsulates your whole entire run here thus far don't you think I suppose it's true nostalgia Nostalgia is a drug that causes us to misconstrue our memories and you, my friend, are no more than nostalgia. And guess what, but you were right. I was a fan, I'm not ashamed to admit it. How couldn't I have been? I mean, in this ring, on the microphone, nobody could touch you. You were the best. Or so I thought, Chicago. Because ever since your almighty return, you've struggled to beat the easiest of competition, and you've struggled to say, quite literally, anything of intrigue. Oh my god. Punk, your breath smells like shit. It's probably because you've been kissing so much ass recently. I mean, you have been robotically kissing ass all over the place. You know what, I'm gonna do a little impression of you real quick. Chicago, do you mind if I give you a quick impression? It sure is great to be back here in, insert name of town. I sure do love being a part of, insert name of company. Gee whiz, I sure am looking forward to my matchup against Insert name of opponent, Robotic Pucker Up Punk. You've gone soft, man. Your hair's going gray. And based on your eyes, if anybody needs to go to sleep, it's you, bud. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? Something just hit me. This is no longer CM Punk. This is PG Punk. What happened to the guy I grew up on, man? What happened to the renegade, the ass kicker, the outsider? Cause you might as well be coming out here preaching hustle, loyalty, and respect. seven long years. Excuse after excuse not to come back, poor K-Punk, why? Is it because you were too busy making comic books nobody read and movies nobody saw? Or 
Is it because you were terrified? Scared you couldn't hang anymore? Maybe scared you never could hang in the first place? And I'm, I have the microphone, Chicago! And I'm here to tell you, you should be scared, man. In the other company, these people looked at you like a cult hero because they felt you were held down. You should have been utilized and showcased as the number one guy. And now, yeah, great, and now here you are. You have all the opportunity to prove these people right. But can you? Do you people think CM Punk can do it? I'm glad they think that now, Punk, but are they gonna feel that way in a month, two months, a year? I don't envy you, man, but I know you envy me. And I know why you don't like me, PG Punk. I know why. It's because I represent everything about this business that you hate. I'm every single thing you hate because I was born for this. Oh yeah, I'm a clean-cut professional. I'm every single wrestling analyst, promoter, and pundit's wet dream, while you, on the other hand, were a scrawny, tatted-up misfit from the dumpiest part of the Midwest known as Chicago. You had to work your tail off to become the man you are today, and I commend you for that, but I know what keeps you up at night. I know what eats you up inside. It's the fact that after all your hard work, all your blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice you've given this sport, deep down you know it, and these people know it. Your whole career, you've been nothing more than second best. Whether it was the You Can't See Me Man, or the King of Kings, you were never quite up to snuff, were you? And I can assure you, now that you're standing in my ring, in my company, things will be no different because you may claim to be the best in the world, but I'm better than you. And you know it! There's some truth in what you just said. A little bit. Scared. Coming back after seven years, a little bit. See, I'm not gonna lie, not even to you. I certainly never lie to these people. I didn't know if these people would remember me. I didn't know if these people would care. I didn't know if I still had it. But trust me, I'm not scared any longer. Certainly not scared of you. Because the timing might not match up but I was selling out Madison Square Garden when you were marking out for Rosie O'Donnell. And the last time on this show, you did a song and dance, you made the New York Times. Wow! You wanna sing me a song right now, Maxwell? 
Don't worry. You're standing in the ring with a professional, and you're gonna make the New York Times again, but this time it's gonna be the obituaries. Because you have just enrolled yourself into a college your parents cannot afford. You talk too much. Yeah, just like me back in the day, except I always backed it up, and you can't back up shit without your backup. FTR. Sean Spears, Wardlow. That's how you get things done around here. And I never mention you in interviews because I never had to. I looked at AEW and I said, wow, that's the place I want to be. That's the place I want to test myself. And I went for the heart and soul of AEW, Darby Allen. And boy, that just chews you up, doesn't it? And I beat Darby Allen. And I didn't need a ring to do it. You're too busy talking about how you're the most powerful of the four pillars. You don't even realize you've been replaced by Britt Baker. And while you think you've made some excellent points, I think you talk too much and we've wasted these people's time. They call Chicago the second city, not because there's a city that's better than it, not because there's a city that was first, and you want to call me number two? I'll proudly wear number two with a bullet, because just like Chicago, they call us the second city, because when it burned to the ground, we just built right back up on top of the smoldering embers. And who's the man around here? Who's number one? Is it you? No, I don't think so. The only way you're gonna be number one is if we all wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter that you marry. Last time we were here in Chicago, and hell yeah, I'm happy to be here. I gave everybody free ice cream bars. The only thing I can think that's a better welcome back gift than that is punching you and your little needle dick right here, right now. surprised that he would roll under and leave?
tonight's episode of the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish is brought to you by Z Apollo Photography. Visit zapollophotography.com for all your photography needs. Hey, this is Homeboy88 of the Homeboy88 Podcast and good friend of the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network, the PWC. Check out my podcast where all the podcasts are available, the Homeboy88 Podcast. Thank you. Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off the top rope extras subscribe to our affiliate patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes vince russo's the brand the rip rogers fr podcast stevie ray tv goldilocks the a show with aaron stevens and april hunter the two-man power trip Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, the beautiful people. And now, the Larry Hankin stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at thebrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be Russo'sBrand.com, bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG. And now it's time to be entertained. And ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Rams. Hey, 
WWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Chris DeFerrand. Um, you guys are celebrating a month and a half late, you weirdos, but that's okay. I believe it's recording as we speak, dude. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So start when you're ready. We're live. Motherfuckers can hear us right now. Like, hey, look, that's me, whoever that is. Shout out to them. Right on. We're live, pal. All right. Well, it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the PWC Presents the Wednesday Night skirmish with me christopher ams that's a m b s like lambs with noel or bullshit first thing in the morning i'm here with my regular co-host jimmy t all the way from the people's republic of australia and the city of melbourne uh how the fuck are things jimmy cold man can you believe that shit it's freezing down here man but other than that happy fucking thanksgiving to like all the american listeners out there and to all our friends from the states Right, hopefully they're not getting too drunk or stuffing their faces in with too much turkey, but whatever the case, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners. Um, You guys are celebrating a month and a half late, you weirdos, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a little Canadian humor there. Um, Yeah, Um, first of all, I just, just so the people understand, because like, listen, Jimmy, like, uh, like, I feel like there's a lot of people who have a lot of like negative things to say, you know, and I just, I just want to, no, but I just want to hear some positive stuff. And I just want to give the people like a reason for why they should be positive, especially about the PWC network and all the work that we do. I mean, specifically all the work that you do. So right now, Jimmy, it is uh, it is 4:25 p.m. in uh, in beautiful, wonderful uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, where it's minus 15. Okay, and I'm recording from a hotel room. I kind of feel like I should just come clean and tell the world that I'm actually a secret agent because, like, you know, I was I was live on location in Minneapolis. Now I'm in uh, Winnipeg. On Friday, I'll be in Toronto. You know, like I'm just all over the goddamn map lately. <clears throat> but what fucking time is it in Australia right now, Jim? Well, it's almost 9:30 a.m. It's 9:26 to be to be precise. Uh huh. How long have you been awake for? Uh, probably about four or five hours. Yeah, 
What, what the fuck, man? Like you texted me in like the middle of the day here in Canada, right? And I was still haven't even, I still hadn't even left Kenora yet. And I was like, what the fucking fuck time is it in Australia right now, Jim? What are you doing awake? How do you do this? Yeah. Do you not sleep? Do you just drink a lot of rock stars? What the fuck's going on? You know what? I've been killing the Red Bulls lately, to believe it or not. not I don't like Rockstar Energy Drink, man. I think they suck, personally, man. Mm, you know what? Try the, the punched ones. Those ones are fucking good. I think I've had... Uh, not the punch. Is it called punch? It's called punched. It's like a red... It's got like oh, red yeah, highlights yeah, yeah. to it and stuff. It's like fruit punch. That's I've good. That Everything else from Rockstar is garbage. It's garbage. Same with Monster. Like, they're all garbage, man. Mm, yeah, no, Ooh, got a badge. Well, uh, anyway, just, you know, I just wanted to give you a little shout out for all the work that you do and like the fact that you're up at all hours of the day producing and then setting things up and making all this nah, shit happen. You, so. You're well. Thank you, man. <clears throat> hey, who the fuck is booing? What the hell, man? I don't know. Fuck those guys. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Anyway, they must be New Zealanders. Fuck. They must be. Fucking shout out to my sheep fuckers out there. Shout outs to all the Kiwis. <laughs> all right. All right. Dude. Well, let's go ahead and. Oh, go ahead. What's up? I was gonna say before we get popping. Um, what are you doing, like in the in the trenches, bro? Ugh. Fuck's sake. So. All right. So you know how I'm like, I'm going through this thing for the CBSA, right? So I can work for the Canadian border. Yes, yes, that's right. You're saying, right. All right. So I got an email from them a while back that said that they want me to pass this, this physical test thing, right? And they want me to pass it uh, before the 15th of December. Well, the problem is that my kids right now are with my mom in Mexico, right? And I have to oh. go to Mexico next week to get them. So there again, I'm, I'm a fucking secret agent. I'm, I swear to God. Um, Who are you, Chris? I really am a hitman. Um, no, but... Uh, well, you are called the hitman, ironically. That's right. Um, but anyway, so so I've got to get this thing done before December 15th. So I'm like, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fucking figure out how I'm supposed to do things and like how, where I can go. Because I live in the middle of nowhere. I can't get this test done where I live, right? Right, so I'm right, looking right. around, I'm looking around, and like two weeks ago, I found out, okay, well, I guess the nearest one is going to be in Sault Ste. Marie, and that's about an 11-hour drive from where I live. So I was like, okay, whatever, that's a long fucking drive, but like, I'll do it so that I can finish, right? So that I can have this thing done in time. So then, like, so then that was supposed to be on Thursday, and then, so that was supposed to be, yeah, today, actually, and then... Monday, I got an email from the guy saying, oh, it's canceled. So I was like, fuck, well, where else can I do it between now and December 3rd when I go to Mexico? So the only place I can possibly get it done is in Hamilton, which is about an hour south of Toronto in the general Toronto area. Hamilton, like, Ontario, right? Yeah, like most people would just like most people would probably just say that's Toronto. Like that's another right, part right. of Toronto. Um, but so anyway, I'm like, okay, fuck. Well, how am I going to do that? So that's why I'm in Winnipeg, and I'm flying to Toronto tomorrow morning, and then I'm getting a, I'm getting on the train from Toronto to Hamilton, and then I'm going to stay overnight in Hamilton. The next day, I do my test. The day after, and then that night after I do my test, I'm going back to Toronto to spend the night at the airport, like the airport hotel, and then I'm going to get up in the morning and fly back to Winnipeg, and then 
like I said, that'll be Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm at home. And then Friday, I fly to Mexico. So That sounds like a dizzy spell right there, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Motherfucker, dude. Like, this like this trip is going to cost me, like, a lot of fucking money. But it's like, I, I have to get it done. So hey, I guess I'm just doing it. You got to spend money to make money, right? That's how she goes. That's right. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, anyway, let's get into some of the AEW Dynamite, which was actually, man, that first segment, dude. But I'll, I'll let you start. But, yeah, I was blown away. Yeah, no, I was too. Actually, there was a lot of good stuff on this on this episode. Um, yeah, we'll talk about everything. So, <clears throat> so we start off, start off, we're, we're in Chicago, right? Um, so who else is going to come out first? It's CM Punk. Uh, call to personality hits. He comes out ready for a match. Uh, the crowd's red hot, of course. It's their guy. Um, MJF interrupts before the match can happen. Um, he says he wants to end CM Punk on the stick quicker than his UFC career, which was pretty <laughs> decent. Absolutely. That was <clears throat> funny. And that got even the fans, the crowd were even like, ooh, how are you going to come back from that, Punk? There was a lot of that in this segment. Um, <laughs> Punk takes the microphone. He says he's disappointed at MJF. Um, he talks about how MJF was always a fan of him. In fact, he didn't know his name was Maxwell. He thought that MJF stood for my jealous fan, which was, I mean, yes. that that was honestly, though, like that was the weakest of the lines of yeah, everything that, that he was, said here. That was pretty cringy, to be honest. It's like, really? Yeah. You're going to come so, up with that? Yeah. So he says, you know, MJF, you've had you've had a whole week to come up with something good. And you think you're revolutionary when real when in reality you're just a less famous Miz. Oh, that was good though. That was a super line. I liked that one. And then everybody's chanting Miz, like who the fuck would have thought? That's bizarre land right there, dude. When the AEW crowd is chanting for the Miz. Can you believe that shit? I mean, that's just wonderful. Um, MJF uh, says that Punk has gone soft. <clears throat> he says, in fact, instead of CM Punk, he should rename himself to PG Punk. In <laughs> fact, you're so PG now that you might as well be touting hustle, loyalty, and respect. <laughs> that was great, man. Even though, again, with the WWE fucking like, mentions, which is... Yeah, but still, that was a great one, man, because that was so true. And I just like the way MJF sort of said it without saying Cena's name, even though you knew exactly who he was talking about. Oh, yeah. well done. I really – I mean, this was this was two really solid talkers going back and forth. I mean, this, this was like a 15 to 20-minute segment, just the two of them yeah. standing there talking. And Absolutely. I was never at any point bored. Like that's – No, neither was I. <clears throat> that's pretty solid. Um, he says that uh, Punk has made excuses for the past seven years because he knew he couldn't hang anymore and he's always been second best, whether it was to um, Mr. You-Can't-See-Me-Man or the <laughs> King of Kings. <laughs> that killed me as well. The King of Kings reference, the one that Punk hates the most. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you couldn't get any fucking more personal than what this was like a work shoot. I truly believe like this shit was done on the fly, bro. I yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was great though. 
Dude, I'm telling you now, man, MJF absolutely destroyed Punk. I don't care what anyone says. This put him on the map officially, bro. If you didn't know he was a fucking star then, well, after that fucking promo, he's a fucking star now, dude. <clears throat> no, for sure. I, I I'm not sure if he I don't I'm not sure if he annihilated Punk on the mic. I like I think this was pretty close. So so I've got three more quotes here from CM Punk yeah, that I want to say before please. we talk about it. Yeah. So right, right. he says, I was selling out Madison Square Garden when you were marking out for Rosie O'Donnell. Hey, <laughs> Max, do you want to sing me a song? Which <laughs> That was good. If you've ever seen the video of Max when he was like a little kid on the Rosie O'Donnell show, that's exactly what she said. And it was just like, oh. You are my sunshine. <laughs> you oh make God. me happy. He's like sounding like he was uh, sort of thing. Like his voice yeah. was shaking. Yeah, it was not good. Oh man! <clears throat> All right. You know, he also, I, I don't think a lot of the fans understood that line because they weren't even chanting that shit. It would have been so much better if the fans were like, "You are my sunshine." Oh I'm yeah, chanting that shit. That would have yeah. been great. Um, he also said, you're so busy talking about how you're the most powerful of the four pillars that you haven't even recognized. You've been replaced by Britt Baker. Ooh, DMD. Ooh. I mean, hey, there's some truth to that. <laughs> and finally, quote, the only way you'll, you're ever going to be number one around here is if you wait around long enough to, for Tony to have a daughter that you marry. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, Triple H reference again, but uh, it was yeah. a beauty. It was a nice one. <laughs> but in all honesty, man, I do think Punk lost to, to in this one, dude. He had some good lines. Don't get me wrong. It was a, it was great from both of them. But MJF, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's the way he put it, the way he said it. It's like he meant it. He believed what he was saying. Mm. MJF is is on a different stratosphere. There is no one in his age bracket that comes close to MJF. There really isn't. Not one. No. Tell me no. somebody that's in the under from twenty four and under, or we'll say even twenty five and under, who is on his anywhere remotely close to his level in, in every way. And I'm not talking about ah. just as a presence or as a ring. I'm talking about as a package, dude. This guy. He's like he's a veteran, man, already. Uh, yeah. No, like he's got natural ability that basically doesn't exist in the world of wrestling. He's got he's got natural charisma and ability that is like it, it's on the level of like high level improv stuff. That's that's where he's at. He's um he's beyond most wrestling. And you know what? What else is funny? He's straight up a WWE guy. Like when I say WWE guy, and what I, what I mean by that, he 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 comes across like he's the the WWE guy. Like he came from the WWE sort of ranks, got taught the WWE way sort of thing. Do you know do you know what I'm saying? But that yeah. but he's not. But he actually isn't. I'm I'm looking forward to when he goes out of contract because do you think there's a chance that that WWE throwing bucket loads of money and bring him in? I mean, I think they'd be crazy not to, but the way that the WWE has been run lately, they don't care about stars. They, they don't care if you're a star or you're not a star or you got potential or you don't. I, I think that, I mean, I still think that Cross, 
like has huge potential, huge star potential, especially when he's with um, Velvet or what's her name? Scarlet, Scarlet, Scarlet. Yeah, especially when he's with Scarlet. Like I think that act is money, but the WWE just does not care about stars. It's not important to them. They honestly believe that the marquee saying WWE is better than a marquee saying Steve Austin or The Rock or Bret Hart. And I, I don't know. Speaking of Bret Hart, didn't you make a Bret Hart reference, MJF, if I remember? I don't know. I mean, he might have, but I missed it if he did, I, which is odd for me. But Yeah, look, I could be wrong. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but who's this idiot? I love wrestling and gay pod. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a bit of a mix. Mr. New Account, he won't even show his name, whoever that is. But anyway, no worries. Each to their own. They are the same. <laughs> oh, this guy. Anyway, continue on, Chris. All right. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, CM Punk and QT Marshall is up next. <laughs> um, Punk does a number of scoop slams to start the match. Uh, the factory get kicked out early. Um, Marshall has to fix his trunks after just about every move he either takes or gives. And I can just hear Rip Rogers screaming in the background, lose some fucking weight, you piece of shit. Um, <clears throat> cause yeah, Marshall is fat and he, that's the reason why his trunks are falling down. Um, <laughs> Punk oh, should not be selling as much as he is here in this match. Um, JR calls it out too. JR says, well, you know, it's pretty clear that Punk is not having a great night in the ring. Um, you know, it seems as if uh, MJF must have gotten in, under his skin or in his head a little bit. And <laughs> I love JR for trying to make things make sense, but that's not what happened. Like, And they're not trying to tell that story. I wish they were, but the story that they're trying to tell is that every single person who ever wrestles is on pretty well equal footing with everyone else and... I can't stand that shit. So I thank agree. you, JR, but that's not what's going on. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, but we still love you, man. Yeah, JR is awesome. Um, all right. So uh, Punk takes back over and he finishes it with a go to sleep. Um, this was, again, not a great match. Uh, Punk had a good comeback uh, to get the win and everything, but he, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be giving this much to QT Marshall. I'm I'm not gonna argue with anyone about that. It's bad. bad Especially with a person with, with a name like QT Marshall, as our cock grabbing friend in the chat might actually like True. True Mr. Ghetto. Mr. Cat. What's that angry cat called again, dude? Uh Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat, that's it. That's that's who he looks like. We probably know who this guy is. No, I, I said, do you think you're the one that cock grabs? Clearly, Mr. Grumpy Ghetto. I oh, the gun club. Yeah, we'll talk right. about that in a second here. Um, Tony, Tony right. Schiavone is... Genius. Sorry, bro. Yeah, continue on. It's okay. Tony Schiavone's backstage with Jer Classic Express. Uh, Christian's still good at uh, getting a message across. Uh, the Express are now apparently the number one contenders for the tag titles. And he's going to make sure they win them this time. Well, so. I, I didn't give a shit. I yep, neither do I. Yep. 
Um, Eddie Kingston is not allowed to finish his cake because 2.0 interrupt him. They say, uh, you know, we, we saw that article that you wrote and we, we really connected with it and you know, it's great. But like, you know what your problem is, Eddie, is you're just not hungry anymore. And then he's like, I am hungry. I want to eat this fucking cake in front of me. Um, yeah, it's fine. Um, Eddie Kingston's going to beat the crap out of one of these guys on Friday and that'll be great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Right. So next up as the very stablest, what's that? Very stable. I can't, the very stablest, whatever, whatever your name is. I can't read all of your name. Uh, sorry. I uh, mentioned that, uh, the gun club were in multiple segments on multiple shows. And yes, they were, as they were out next against bear country. Um, this yeah. version of the gun club was Billy and Colton gun. Cool. And what's up with their theme, dude? It doesn't even sound like a gun club. I honestly, I have not an awful lot of good things to say about this. It's a quick one. The guns go over after a leg sweep by Austin, who's on the outside, and a DDT by Colton. Uh, Darby and Sting come out and they make the gun club powder. Uh, It took a little longer than it probably should have, where the camera just kept going back and forth from Sting to Billy and then... Darby to Billy and then like Colton (laughs) to Sting. And it was just one of those where it like took, I think, a little too long, but whatever. Yeah, it's Um, a big whatever for me too, man. Yeah, I mean, Billy Gunn looks great, but. Dude, he's got an 80-year-old head with a fucking 20-year-old body. I'm telling you, man. Like, (laughs) I don't know how he's so big, man. Those roids, I mean, shouldn't he look out for his own fucking well-being by this point you know what i mean like if you're fucking juicing up that much still at this age it's like dude slow down so it's okay man you can let yourself go billy you're at that age bro go ahead and relax man it's thanksgiving um no i mean listen i think that there are two ways of looking at that kind of thing you can say like you know you want the you want to be able to live longer and and be healthier and that right but I think that there's also something to the idea that, you know, if you get 60 years and you get to look like a fucking Greek god your whole life and you get all the women and all the fame and all the accolades for those 60 years, I mean, I kind of feel like there's something to be said about that as opposed to 90 years of being QT Marshall. You know what I mean? Oh, well, true. Absolutely. Fuck it. I'd rather be Billy any day, but it's just... He must be on some good fucking horse tranquilizers, or not tranquilizers, or horse fucking steroids, because seriously, this guy is just jacked, man. I mean, he's always been jacked, but his body really hasn't changed. If anything, he's way more defined. Oh, yeah. No, he, he looks great. And, I mean, yeah, last week against Darby Allen, he looked like he was a giant. He looked like he was the incredible fucking Hulk. Absolutely. All right. <clears throat> Adam Cole is backstage with Bobby Fish. Um, the best friends get in their faces. Well, here's what I've got written down. Um, Cole has no chance to build any heat. What I'm getting off oh, of he- Adam Cole right now is Winnipeg in February. That's how hot it is. Frozen Shit. fucking cold. Damn, dude. That's fucking – that's harsh, bro. <laughs> that's real harsh. It's harsh. Is it wrong? No, not at all. Well, there's Adam Cole laughing. Bebe. 
<laughs> no, you're not wrong at all, man. I mean, he seems fucking lost right now, man, especially the last couple of weeks. I don't even know what the fuck they they know what to do with him right now. They don't know if he's like shouldn't it be a bit of a continuation with what's going on with the elite per se? I mean, you'd think, but I don't know. Like, I know that they talked about how I know that they sort of got their, their themselves out of the whole Kenny knowing what happened at full gear thing when he said, I haven't even watched the match back yet. And then he said he was going away for a little while. That's fine. But I mean, Adam Cole must have seen what happened. Why isn't Adam Cole going to, you know, Matt and Nick Jackson and saying, what the fuck was that head not about? What's going on? Yeah. Here? True, absolutely. I mean, unless there was something on Being the Elite, which I haven't seen, I don't know. I'm but not watching right. Being the Elite. It's true. It's true. I mean, shit. I don't know what the hell's going on, man. Yeah, it just came across as really, like, it, it comes across as that they, they signed him and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll have you come in and the crowd will go nuts and they'll say boom and baby and it'll be really cool. And then, like, and then Adam Cole's like, all right, and then, like, what's my program? And they're like, I mean, you'll come in and you'll do baby and boom and it'll just be like, you know, that'll be awesome. And he's like, okay, but, like, what's my long-term perspective in your company? I mean, you're going to say baby and boom a whole bunch of times, and it's just like, where the fuck are you going from here? Well, just like the very stableist, uh, how do you say that last bit? Gen Gen genius. Anyway, genius, that's right. It's genius. Well, he said Frankie Kazarian was the heart and soul of this story, which is true because wasn't he the elite hunter? Yeah. 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 Well, he well, he didn't hunt shit, dude. So uh, he seemed to be the one that got hunted and got put out. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's uh, he got hunted, he got taken out. He's gone now. Nobody mentions him. Nobody cares. Um, good for you, Frankie. And I mean, that's one of the things that I can't stand about AEW is that. They throw thing they they throw terminology, words, titles, they throw all kinds of things around without having any idea of where to go with them, right? Like it's the same thing with with the booking decisions that they're making. They book themselves into corners and then they have absolutely no way to get out of them and they're just stuck in a corner and it's like, "Oh, well, we'll just forget about this now and move on to the next thing." Um yep. You know, Adam Cole's a good example of that. This guy should be bigger than this, or at least should be, you know, booked bigger than this. Um, but anyway, speaking of people who um, should be bigger, uh, next up here we've got uh, Leo Rush and uh, Dante Martin. And uh, Team Taz officially presents the offer to Dante Martin, and uh, he signs. And he walks over the table, and Leo Rush is left very surprised and looks very sad. How fucking stupid was this? Seriously, even um, though I knew this was going to happen, I, I called this man. I said, Dante will probably sign, right? But this is just, like, it's just anticlimactic, man. You know what I mean? Yes, it was. Um, Dante Martin is a very talented in-ring worker, and I like him a lot, but the kid desperately needs to learn how to emote a little bit. Um, <laughs> he's, what emote? He's got no fucking uh, – he's, 
He's got no personality, really, bro. No, exactly, for sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe they can do something. I like. Hopefully, his brother comes back soon, and they can they can work a program somehow off of these guys. Um, that's that's at least what I'm looking forward to. But you never really know. Well, welcome to Doc. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, up next was, I think, the match of the night. And I know there's a couple other matches to talk about, but I think that uh, Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa had the match of the night here tonight. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a match of the night for me, but, I mean, interesting call, though. But, yeah, please continue. All right, well, we'll talk about which one is yours. and um, But, yeah, I, I was excited for this match before they even started because – I know that Hater can work when she's in there with somebody who can work. And obviously Thunder Rosa is just a damn superstar. Um, they lock up super tight at the start of the match, like real tight lock up. They're legitimately pushing each other around, trying to get the better of each other. And I was just like, oh God, like, please, like, Please tell me that whoever's in charge of the AEW women's division has the whole fucking division backstage watching a monitor right now because that is how you start a wrestling match. Tight lockup. They look like they're really trying to compete with each other. It's awesome. No, I agree. It was a great match, man. And and I just want to shout out again to the very stable genius. He goes on to say about the previous segment about what does the Martin signing say about Ricky Starks' health? That's actually a good point. Yeah, well, and I don't – it's really difficult to know what the plan is with Ricky Starks. Um, it was hard to know what the plan was for him when he wasn't injured. So now that he seems like he may be out long term, um, I don't know. Interesting, man. Interesting. But anyway, move on back to the Thunder Rosa match. Yeah. All right. Um, it's hard hitting between these two. There's a lot of rough stuff on the outside. Um, I even like Rosa's strikes in this match. At one point, she lays in a like a combo to the body that like bear with me here, but it looks like she's probably been like a Julio Cesar Chavez fan because she was throwing the body shot combination. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. For sure. And what's with all these fucking cunts, man? <laughs> Seriously. Who fucks kangaroos? I wonder. But anyway. Honestly, like honestly, Jimmy, just no sell these fucking clowns, man. There's <laughs> there's no point in paying any attention to these fucking uh, dipshits. Um, I know, I know, I know. True. They're throwing me off, but it's all right. Just who cares, man? Like, honestly, like <laughs> These people are that desperate to get attention that they're that they're like trying to hijack a fucking show with <laughs> what like I mean what did we have last month like a thousand downloads two thousand downloads like th this is what you're doing with your time and energy great I mean I would say you need Jesus in your life but I mean I I don't I don't know you I just know that you're a loser and you're spending your time and energy trying to fucking get under the skin of people you don't know on the internet. Congratulations. There you go. <laughs> oh, that deserves a round of applause, True. Why not? <laughs> uh, we've got a whole bunch of fucking fagaccinis and fagarellis around, dude. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, 
Let's That's move cool. right along. Yeah, I really don't care. All right, so um, yeah, at one point here, uh, I thought that, I thought it was a pretty cool story. Um, uh, Rosa takes a second to break the count. She had to roll back in the ring, and then as she comes back out and goes for a move, Hater, uh, you know, that time gives Hater enough time to basically catch her midair and throw her into the ring post. Um, the story of the match here is how Rosa's scrappiness will hold up against Hater's power. Um, I really, really like this. Like I said, they got, they got everything in, um, towards the end of the match, uh, Rosa starts selling her back pretty hard and Hater starts focusing on her back that's being sold right in front of her. That yes. is called storytelling people. That's how wrestling works. So really, really good match, really good stuff between these two, um, I was looking forward to it, and I was not at all disappointed in this match. Britt Baker gets involved. She goes to uh, give Rosa a super kick. Rosa ducks it. She kicks Hater instead. Rosa gets the win with a Casadora. Um, yeah, just give me more Thunder Rosa on my TV. Absolutely, man. And hopefully, look, I don't think she'll win the the TBS title. I, I really don't, unfortunately, right? But but she'll make the finals but I, i'm like i said man jade cargill is gonna win it dude yeah i think she's the obvious choice um but i don't i don't know i mean right now the way that everything's the way that everything's looking is that um rosa and cargill are gonna face each other in the next round and then uh, Nyla Rose will be facing off against um, whoever wins between Chris Statlander and uh, Ruby Riot. So do you go with the two monster heels facing each other in the finals? Because I think that's the wrong booking. I think they need a face. Well, you know how AEW fucking roll, dude. Who knows? <laughs> you know what I mean? It won't surprise me either way, but we'll see what happens anyway. Right on, right on. Um, so Jericho and 2.0 are uh, backstage. It's really aggressively stupid. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't have a lot of anything to say about Jericho and 2.0. I don't have a lot to say about 2.0 in general. I'm not sure why they get so much airtime on AEW. I, I just don't see what whoever's booking them sees in them. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. Like. There's way more talented people that they could be giving time to, um, you know. You anyway. know, but, but, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, <laughs> these countries won't give up, man. I swear to God. I keep, I keep fucking blocking one after the other after the other. <laughs> and they keep coming in, dude. The only thing that's throwing me off, right, is the fact that it's throwing me off the fucking show. But that's all good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, just don't even fucking pay attention to it. I wouldn't even bother looking at it, to be honest with you. Like, I, I I'm I wish I could, like, right now I'm looking at my notes, care. Jimmy. I, 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 I can't see or read anything that these people are saying, and I couldn't give a fuck less. <laughs> it's just funny. And yes, genius, I should focus. You're right. So from now on, it's focus time again, dude. Yeah, don't feed the trolls, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the shit they're saying. Just like uh, Genius said, homophobia is running wild, brother, in the chat. 
Yeah, it's super going, cool. It's it's running wild, all right. Jesus, super cool. Um, <clears throat> anyway, it's Thanksgiving weekend, so of course we had to have a Thanksgiving theme here. As Britt Baker is having dinner with Tony and Rebel, um, something about Riho and Baker on Friday because I was not going to pay attention to the Thanksgiving dinner spot on my <laughs> wrestling show. <laughs> and what the hell, man? Oh, actually, you know what? This match will be pretty good, man. Riho will not win, unfortunately, because I wouldn't mind Riho even getting that AEW World Women's title again, but she won't win. And Britt Baker, I mean, what's really left for her to do right now? Who's next? I don't know. I mean, I think that I think that the right booking will be to Okay, uh, this is going to get complicated here. I think that whoever wins between Statlander and Riho should beat Nyla Rose and go on to the final. And I think that Britt Baker should cost Thunder Rosa the women's like the her her win against Cargill. Um and then it should be Rosa and Baker. Uh, moving forward for the women's championship because I mean of all the things that have actually gotten real heat for Britt Baker the only program she's had that people have actually talked about as a program and not just oh isn't she improving oh she looks she's getting better I mean look she's making improvements isn't she doing better than she was the only the only thing that she's done that's got real heat where people were like, oh, I really loved this match or I loved this segment was when her and Thunder Rosa were going at each other. So I think that Rosa's the right woman to take the the women's championship off of Britt Baker. And I think that you have to do something like that relatively soon. Otherwise, you risk getting into this situation where there's just nothing left for her to do. Yeah, it's true, man. I mean i just i don't know man i just think she's starting to get a bit more stale i think it's time for thunder rosa to even get this run you know what i'm saying for me mm-hmm. but uh I, I don't know man like i said i just want to see some different she's just beating the crap out of everyone what happened between her and jamie hater we'll see where that goes but i don't know man i think i think the women's division i think the tbs side of things the tbs title is kind of becoming more hotter shall i say than the women's championship at the moment oh for sure and i mean if we're going to talk about aesthetic too i know that i know that like jargo likes to call it the hose championship um but i actually think that the tbs title looks significantly better than the women's championship too i don't like the look of that belt and that's what's weird dude you know what i mean and it doesn't even look like a female's title it actually looks like a male's championship to be fair I even think it's worse than I think it looks like a trios title. Eh, it, it's essentially the TNT title, just with TBS really and blue. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, the women's title looks like oh, uh, looks like a trios title from a indie promotion in Mexico. Like it doesn't. It's not like it's a really ugly looking belt. Yeah, they should actually fucking. They need to change that shit, man. For sure. For sure. Right. Well, um, next up here is Colt Cabana versus Daniel or Jesus Christ, Brian Danielson. Um, the match starts off with some switches, control based movement, attempting pins and wearing each other down. It's good stuff. Um, this was a quick one 
And finally, I thought they got an appropriate amount of like who got what in a match where Danielson mostly dominated the match and Cole Cabana got a few, um, you know, hope spots. Uh, Danielson wins with the label lock. He holds it uh, after the match for a few seconds. He's clearly leaning into the I'm a sadistic asshole and I'm here to hurt people. Um, Danielson, which I think is super entertaining. Also, uh, apparently he kicked out Colt Cabana's tooth, which he was holding up for the camera. Do you think that was legit? Do you think that was legit or do you reckon that was a prop? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that it was probably legit, to be honest with you. I hope so. But what made me laugh the most about that match, man, is when he flexed, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, when he he, he did that in the in the last match too, where he had the the triangle locked in and he was flexing. So did he? I didn't notice that, but for whatever reason, I noticed it now. But it just made me laugh, man. And, and I love this dickhead, dickhead Dan, as we say, me and Jago. I mean, seriously, he's and I love how he brought back the fickle fucking comment too. I knew he was going there. Man, Brian Danielson is doing some of his best work right now. He's purely enjoying himself being a heel, man, like a proper heel. He is, and I loved um, after the after the match. He's he's having a conversation with Tony Schiavone, and uh, he takes the mic and he says, "You know, the the reaction that I'm getting here tonight is a lot different than when I first showed up." But I have a question for you: Did I change, or did you? And I love that he asked that question because ever since he showed up, like we've all been saying he's wrestling like dickhead Danielson. Like he's wrestling this aggressive, mean style where he's he's got a submission. The referee's telling him to stop and Danielson holds up his hand to say five. I have five seconds, right? I have five seconds to hold this fucking move. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah, man. I mean – you know what I had a problem with though with that I felt like Colcabana didn't sell it properly. He looked fucking. He looked like he was just sleeping, dude. Like, but but not even like in agony, if you know what I mean. Like at all. Oh, I completely agree. Like, I think the right way for a jobber, which is what Colcabana is, I'm sorry, but the right way for a jobber to sell a submission is to tap out. Like, God, please let me get out of this fucking move. I can't stand it. I'm dying in here. Some urgency, at least. Fuck. For sure. Uh, Danielson. So Danielson basically says that uh, he's going to kick in one of the one of the members of the Dark Order who's from Atlanta, which is where they're coming from next week. Hangman's music hits. He comes out. They jaw jack at each other a little bit. There's a quick scuffle and Brian powders. Not much to say there other than, yeah, I'm. I wasn't sure how much I was going to be looking forward to this match, and uh, they got me. I want to see this match real bad now. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, oh, man, I want Brian Danielson to actually win the match. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> right. I mean, I, when is this match even going to be scheduled? Is it for the next pay-per-view? I mean, they haven't really announced it yet, have they? I haven't heard anything yet. Nothing official. Yeah, well, as long as, um, yeah, I agree with Genius, by the way. Paige is an underwhelming champion. And I just think 
it's not his time just yet. I don't know. That's just me. But, you know, who am I to, to say? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I think that he's definitely been underwhelming so far. Um, but I think that he's an underwhelming performer in general. Um, he's not as passionate as others are. Like, he doesn't show like he truly loves loves the sport, which I'm sure he does. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. It's just something off. I'm I'm not sure exactly what it is, um, but he's definitely missing something. I'm not sure if it's just that he needs the right program, or he's getting angry enough about something. But right. I mean, this should be that program, right? I mean, a guy has come into his company that he's been working for two years to become the world champion of. He's getting a title shot right away, and you know, the first thing he's doing now that he's number one contender is beating the crap out of all of his jobber buddies. Like this should be enough to get hangman up and ready, but it doesn't seem to be. Yeah. It's, it's strange, man. It's yeah. He's like the teacher with a tenure and a union <laughs> spot on genius. I mean, he's, <laughs> that's legit, but uh, yeah, man, uh, I don't know, man. I want to see more fire out of Hangman. Hopefully, we get to see it sooner than later. But as yep. far as Brian Danielson goes, what, man, what can I say? I, I'm loving his work right now, dude. Oh yeah, he's great. And yeah, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, the whole thing with Hangman needing to get a little bit more aggressive again. I'm going to bring up the fact, like, this is something that I've been saying about Big E too. This, he just That's doesn't crazy. get fired up enough. No, he tried to. He tried to fucking on uh, on Survivor Series, just like the build-up sort of, but I still don't take him serious. But you're right, man. He needs to lose that title straight back to fucking uh, to Lashley, man. I mean, Lashley's a great champion, and he comes across like the, the championship really means something to him. At no yeah. point would you see Bobby Lashley throwing fucking pancakes around as world champion. He's just not going to do that. And I don't like, again, I, I'm not one of these guys who thinks that funny ain't money. I think that there's a, I think that there's room for comedy, you know, for wrestling, but not, not your world championship. Absolutely. And speaking of world championships, we've got the professor in the house. Shout out to the professor. Oh, prof, what's up, prof? If you've got anything to say and you want to, well, first of all, happy happy Thanksgiving. I don't know. Hopefully you didn't stuff your mouth too much. But in saying that, if you want to have some words about Dynamite, feel free to call in, dude. The lines are open for you, my friend. Anyway, I just had to... Oh, holla Hambones, holla Jimmy, he says. I love how he calls you Hambones, dude. Chris Hambones. Whatever works, man. <laughs> call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Uh, thank you brother thank you but anyway continue on Chris yeah so next up here we've got the main event um, there's a lot of star power in this match here as it's Malachi Black Andrade and FTR against Cody the Lucha Brothers and Pac <clears throat> the Pac yeah well I guess Chicago hates Cody too um, oh boy Co Cody has a bit of a babyface fire up here to, to open up the match. He takes off his, uh, his, his weightlifting belt and he throws it into the crowd. Um, and you could already see the crowd chanting, throw it back, throw it back, 
throw it back. Oh, man. But oh, usually my. that doesn't happen. This time, the guy picked up the belt and threw it right back in the ring, which, goddamn, if that didn't make me laugh my ass off. Like, oh, oh, man. I was getting flashbacks to freaking ECW One Night Stand, the second one, you know, 2006 with Cena and RVD. When Cena threw his shirt into the ring and uh, and what happened? Nobody wants your shirt. <laughs> Damn, man. I know. That was, that was, that was killer, dude. I, I'm starting to feel bad for Cody, but not really. He fucking brought this shit on himself. This is all his fault. We, we knew from months back, long before anyone was even going to fucking turn on him yet. We were saying the fans are going to turn on him if he's not careful. And look what he's done. Yeah, it's um, we've been saying that this turn had better be coming for almost a year now. I mean, I, way back when, you know, Brandy was announcing that she was pregnant. I remember talking with you and being like, man, like these entrances are self-indulgent. Like they're ridiculous. He's got to have a 15 minute entrance for every fucking match. You know what I mean? He's coming out here and he's like he's doing this thing where he's coming out and he's breaking the throne with the sledgehammer and uh, you know, we're going to be, a, we're going to be different. We're going to be different. And then he and Brandy act exactly like triple H and Steph. Like they want to be triple H and Steph. That's, that's what they want to be. It's like, guys, do you not see how ridiculous this looks when you're, when you're doing the, oh, we're not like them, and then you're doing the exact thing. Like, it's so obvious and so blatant to me that I still wonder if it hasn't been all purposely done. Like, um, I hope it was, because if it's not, then, uh, you know, they've got issues, dude. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and it's easy for them to turn around and say, oh, we're working you the whole time, even if they weren't, you know what I mean? They can always use that as a safeguard, no matter what, Chris. So who the fuck knows if they're working us or this was their intention and this oil wasn't their intention. If it's not their intention, well, it looks bad. If it is their intention, then what's the bigger picture? Unless he's going to become a real monster heel with Brandy. And I'm hoping that's the case. I but think he heal, has to. Like... And just like what Genius said in the in the chat, did Triple H and Steph end racism, Chris? Oh, I'm sure they they ended sexism. Didn't you know that Steph uh -huh. was was? Didn't you know that Steph invented female wrestling? I yeah, I'm sure WWE at some point was absolutely did. She did. Yeah. Maybe ending. Oh, we're getting robo. Sorry, I think that maybe no, no, you're right, ending you're right. racism is actually something that we need to give credit to Cody and Brandy for because they have a baby who's it's partially black. I don't know if you knew that, but like their baby is going to be both white and black, Jimmy. Yeah, that's got to be the first time ever, right? <laughs> the first time ever, bro. It must be because I've never heard of that to Cody and Brandy, dude. Uh, they're just such incredible people and they just deserve so much love and respect from all of us for everything that they've done not just for wrestling but for the world you know absolutely global <laughs> trendsetters bro Cody and Brandy sure. Road the American sure, dreams sure. not nightmares yes indeed well this match um, 
it's an eight man match. Everyone's everywhere doing everything. I'm not going to try to go through this one by one or move for move. Um, I have a question though. Uh, can anyone scout Phoenix's offense? Cause it's, he literally does like the same, maybe 10 moves in every single match. Like at some point, somebody's going to have to figure out how to counter one of those springboard cutter things that he does. Right. Uh, or like you think, somebody's going to run over to the ropes while he's bouncing up and down on it and just like shake him off the ropes. Right. Cause <laughs> I've literally seen the same move over and over and over again. And I mean, this was something that I really wondered about when AEW first started and I saw the roster lineup that they had. A number of the guys who they went out and got are guys who they work the exact same match and that's all they know how to do, right? They can't work a match any other style. They can't do anything that's that's different i mean yes everything that phoenix does is super impressive athletically i can't i i wouldn't even think about attempting to do most of what phoenix does he does the same moves in every single match yeah i mean it's true he's he's starting to see that's the thing dude do you think he's starting to get a little exposed now yeah, thoughts is that a lot of the actor gets exposed because they're own they're not really workers. They've learned how to do their match, and as long as somebody will do their match with them, they're fine. But the problem with that is you're not at some other VFW hall every weekend. You're in front of a you're in front of a TV audience, so. If a TV audience is the one seeing you and they're seeing you over and over and over and over again every single week, like that's my problem with a guy like Orange Cassidy or the Young Bucks. If they're doing the exact same match in the exact same order with the exact same no-sell and the exact same gimmicks every single week, it's not fun for TV. It's fine if they're if they're in and out if they're here and then they're there, but you can't, you can't sustain that with these kinds of acts. I agree. And it's fine for indie fucking promotions to do all that bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know what, TK, but you know what it is, Chris, you know what they're missing, bro. All these wrestlers, these particular ones like the bucks and, 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 and whatnot. It's called development. Yeah, no, exactly. And they need to, they need to learn how to, that what they really need to do is learn how to work for TV. Yeah, and like, do. I know people are hearing me say that and they're like, oh, how dare you say the Bucks don't know how to work. They sold a million t-shirts and whatever the fuck. I don't care. Like, no one said they don't know how to work. Yeah. They don't know how to work for TV. They work fine if, if like, again, man, if, if you're sitting in your local, you know, uh, hockey arena or whatever, and you're watching the Young Bucks match, and you've never seen them before, or this is the first time in a year that they've been to your city, you watch a Young Bucks match and you're blown away by what they could physically do, right? Because they're physically capable of doing some very, very fun, very, I mean, just just highly athletic things. Absolutely. But if you see it every single week, you want to be able to see them tell a story in the ring. And so far, I don't see that ability. Yeah, and they, and 
and they're what we, that you would consider veterans by now, dude. They've been in the business long enough, yet they've still got the same shtick. Until now, they're trying to act differently. They're trying to show they've got, you know, character development. But really, the only one that sort of gets it in terms of character development is Nick Jackson, funny enough. Yeah, I mean, but even then, what, like, what's, what has he gone from to in the last two years? Like, he started off as, you know, the boss, the EVP, and he was, and he was, you know, he was a good guy, but he was super cocky. He was, um, you know, they did the exact same moves, they sold the exact same way, and, now they're bad guys and he's super cocky and he does the exact same moves in the exact same way and sells the exact same stuff. I like character development is really important for professional wrestling. I need to see you grow and I don't see it from these guys. Yeah, I agree, man. It's, it's, <laughs> you think they learn if, see, if you told them that though, they'll, 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 they'll turn around and say, what do you know? You don't know shit. You know what I mean? They think they're experts. Whatever, man. You guys are great stunt fucking wrestlers. Oh, we've got the fucking professor calling in, Chris. Yeah, let's hear give, um, I think you want to give his thought to see. Is he, is he in yet? I, uh, here we go. Prof, the glorious professor, Chabello Vera Cruz. What is going happy on, Jimmy T? What is happy Thanksgiving to the PD? Bones, not not turkey bones, but I'm talking about ham bones. That's the man right now. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> now you talk about are we talking about character development here, guys? Is, is this the problem? You know, a lot of people, a lot of AEW shills, always talk about this character development, the storylines. I'm with you, Chris. I actually agree with you 100. And I just want to expound on that. Now, I want to flip it. I want to flip it because. Everything you said about the Young Bucks and Nick Jackson, you're you're straight on. And I know we were ta- you're talking about the main event with Cody and you know how Chicago hates him and how everybody wants Cody Rhodes to become heel. And you know what? I'm gonna be in the minority, guys. I, I, I you know I'm putting my professor's perspective hat in. I wanna I want Cody Rhodes to fight the urge to become a heel. And this is what I and what I see with Cody Rhodes and what he can do with the crowd is the same way and you know it's not the same but think about this guys picture this or if you agree or disagree or you have a different take let me know guys but cody can do what john cena can do and there will be fans who will like you know if you go into that arena you get that 50 50 split it's not there it's going to be like it's going to be like 90 10 but we need the 10 percent to be loud for cody rhodes the man who can end racism sexism (laughs) you know (laughs) bring inclusiveness to everybody cody rhodes needs i am cody rhodes number one fan i love what he does i love him fighting you know to stay the way he is and the reason i don't think he could be a heel guys is this there's a difference between what Dusty Rhodes did as a heel in the 70s with the Texas Outlaws with Dick Murdoch. And a lot of people don't understand this. But Dusty Rhodes as a heel, let's say, let me give you some examples, you know, some PWR podcast examples. Did it really work that Dusty Rhodes does it did it really work that Dusty Rhodes was a heel in the NWO? No. It, it just, you know, it was a flavor of the moment. It didn't work. And then those yeah, little nah, times in the dude. WWE when he kind of uh, betrayed certain good guys for Cody Rhodes, 
it didn't work there either because you know what we all you know aligned ourselves with dusty rose as the common man the everyday man the working man's hero and cody rose you know we remember him as stardust was that a was that a top heel no it, it did its thing was legacy cody rose a top heel no because he was under randy orton so you see where i'm going guys can he be the top heel in aew well you got mjf that's the top heel in AD, aew and, and no one can touch you know, him in my opinion right now dude right th there you go no one can touch him so can cody rose take over the man who has the top heel when you got mjf there and sometimes you know with the elite and the and the ways they act as, as uh corny as it is it's still a, it's still better than being like these baby face dicks that don't even you know connect with the crowd so this is why i want cody rose to be that i don't know if you would say a tweener i don't know if you want to say that but let him be a tweener let him be the good guy let him let him keep his dignity and his principles what do you say jimmy what do you say chris hambones so you're saying basically let's turn cody into john cena basically where he resists the whole time yeah i'm becoming Bad. a heel but absolutely i don't know I, I just think with cody it's gonna it's it's gonna bring so much heat to him dude i mean mm. absolutely the fans are absolutely gonna riot and they're gonna keep going until they get their way except i feel like cody's getting that x-pack heat if you know what i mean it's, where Cena wasn't really getting that top eight. But Look, here's here's the difference. Here's the difference between Cody and Cena, though, right? This, the difference is the audience. The WWE audience actually does have a pretty healthy amount of very young kids or parents who are there with their very young kids. And the AEW doesn't have that audience. Like, trust me, I was there in Minnesota. There's, like, everybody there is the exact same person. Like... You know, somebody was joking like, oh, like uh, if, I, if I wanted to tell somebody that you were there in the arena, how would I describe you? And I was like, I don't know. I'm about 6'1", 230 with a red beard. It was like, well, that's everybody in the goddamn arena. And yeah, that's basically everybody in the goddamn arena. And that's basically what AEW's fan base is. So that like from a storytelling perspective, Professor, I actually really like it. I, like I, I think that's a far more interesting story to tell than – I'm just going to turn heel because the fans don't like me anymore and we're just going to do the, hmm. the standard everyday pro wrestling, I'm going to be a bad guy now thing. I like it from, from a storytelling perspective. But the problem mm -hmm. is you're not going to have let's go Cody, Cody sucks. You're going to have let's go Cody, Cody sucks. Like there's <laughs> not, there's going to be four people in every arena cheering for Cody and the rest are going to be screaming that Cody sucks. And I'm just not sure. Like – I'm willing to see what happens and if they can make it work. Of course, I'm always willing to, to give a story time to develop. I'm just not sure that it'll work with this crowd. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. But look at the example of here, – here's the thing. Like Chicago, what happened? He threw the, the weight belt and they threw it back at him. And, you know, I know what I would have done if, if that belt came to me. I would have kept it. That <laughs> yeah, me too. Symbolism. I would have kept it. And you know, I probably would have yelled at the crowd like, "Yo, I'm selling this on eBay. Don't like, don't really? mess with my money. <laughs> like, why am I gonna throw it back to appease drunk, drunken assholes? That's that's the thing I'm trying to say. It's and just that's the monkeyest create... fucking reaction ever is to throw that belt back. No, I'm not throwing yeah, it back. And, I just got a fucking man. piece of wrestling memorabilia. I'm gonna sell this for 400 bucks on eBay tomorrow. Yeah, Fuck you guys. You, you, you and I. 
Right. You and I are on the same page. And I would have yelled at, at some people like, yo, this is worth some money here. Why wouldn't you sell this on eBay? Why would you keep it? But symbolically, you're being the fan of Cody. You're being the one guy or girl or whatever that shows that they love what Cody did. Symbolically, like that's what I'm trying to say, Chris. If somebody was brave enough, and, and I get what you're saying with the crowd, because the crowd is very, it's like a peer pressure thing. You're peer, you're peer pressuring them to throw that belt back. But you need strong-willed people, individuals like myself, like Chris Hambones, like Jimmy T. We would have kept the belt. You probably would have said we're Cody marks, but then I would have I would have ran with it. Like, yeah, Cody's number one. Well, I don't know what you do. Cody is my hero. That's that's how you start it. You cannot have robotic oh, shills. Man. You need to create, you know, that's what ECW fans were so great at. We created the storylines along with it. You're trying oh, to yeah. create a direction for Cody. I'm trying to create a storyline, like Chris said. That's the way I'm going with that. All right, let me ask you something then, Prof. In your opinion, mm -hmm. right, do, do you think Cody is working us here? Like, do you think he's doing this on purpose? Or does he deep down believe, like, what he's saying? Like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't understand why he's getting booed. He doesn't want to turn, you know, he doesn't want to turn as a heel. Or do you think he's truly mm. working us? No, he's work. He's working everybody. He he understands right. this. He understands this with his father. He understands this the way his father like understood the business, and he understood the crowd. You know the times where he, like I said, the Texas Outlaws, him and Dick Murdoch were the meanest, you know, a holes out there. They were the top right. villains in the tag team industry. Then in Florida, there was that moment in time where he broke away. I think it was from Gary Hart. And that's when he became the common man. That's when he became the people's champion. You just have to understand the moment of the crowd. This is a different thing. This is the manipulation of, of these of the smart marks wanting him to be this. I've heard every podcast. Don't get me wrong, guys. Everybody has the same thing. 100% of people say if Cody Rose turns heel and runs with it, he's going to be the top heel. I have, I'm in the minority no saying way. he won't be because we got the no. top heel in AEW, and that's yep. MJF. And you I probably agree. could have a... And for a little bit of moment in time, you had top two heels. CM Punk was heelish against Eddie Kingston when everybody was cheering for Eddie Kingston during right. their match, right? So CM Punk can do it. Cody, I, again, for this, for AEW, and I, and I gave you examples. Dashing Cody Rhodes, Stardust Cody Rhodes, Legacy Cody Rhodes. Yeah, it, it, it was good heel moments, but it wasn't top heel moments. Nah, I think he would be in a, a run in the middle. He would, he'd be a run. Don't, in don't the discount uh, Brian Danielson too on the heel side. Uh, his work has been excellent the last two weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, th there you go. That's a good example because Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson are two different characters. A lot of people don't even understand that. You just exactly. made a great point. Exactly. And Cody you know, Rhodes well, just doesn't work. What people don't understand with Brian Danielson too, this is his Ring of Honor friggin' gimmick, man. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So. It's it's it, this is nothing new to the to the fans that have actually followed his career, but but this type of heel work compared to his WWE heel work, it's night and day, man. And you can see how he's mm -hmm. totally enjoying himself big time. But as far as uh, Cody goes, I pray, Prof, that he's really working us, man. Because if he's not, damn. No, he definitely is. He's self-aware enough that he knows. I hope so, all... man. Because, but then again, he, look he at knows we're all on our podcast saying how much we fucking hate him. He knows, right? But, but mm -hmm. imagine what was he thinking when he got that stupid tattoo on his neck, dude? 
That's what makes me doubt him, bro. Mm. <laughs> no, really. That's, was, that's a reasonable question. That really. You know is. what I mean? I mean, seriously. Like, that's why I'm not sure. I think that that that's something sexual for Brandy to lick on. So you know, it might it, it's flavorable. It's a flavorable tattoo, guys. So don't worry about it. <laughs> But you you see where I'm going with. I think Cody Ro- Cody Rhodes being a tweener limbo is more interesting for podcasters and even Actually, us like yeah. saying where can he go than making a, a stand one way or the other. Even though he's trying to be the hero, but everybody just hates him. He's in a greater spot right now being in this limbo than just being total heel. That's the way I say it. I see it. It's very interesting and it and it brings the heat from the crowd. You're very, we want him to be that. That makes him even more interesting. If he goes full fledged, then, you know, it'll be good for the first couple of weeks and then we'll, it'll weigh down. Like you said, we already named three people in better heel roads in AEW than Cody Rhodes. He would be number four, if that. Well, Dynamite is from Atlanta next week, right? Mm hmm. Well, that's his hometown. So it'll be interesting to see how the fans react to him. In his hometown, do you think they'll boo him or will they cheer him? Well, if he brings Brandy, yeah, they'll boo him. Maybe <laughs> on his own, then I think he could get away with a 50-50 split. But I'm, I, I, or maybe 60-40 against him. Oof. I don't know. I'm intrigued, man, because it kind of starts reminding me of the Bret Hart situation mm. back in 97 when he was a face in Canada and everywhere else around the world. And a total heel in the States. Yeah, the problem with that, though, is that as much as Cody Rhodes isn't – like, I think Cody Rhodes is a pretty good performer. Like, I think he's very solid. I think he is oh, – I think sure, he is yeah. world champion material, both as a face and a, uh, and as a heel, if he really goes for it. But he's not Bret Hart. He doesn't have Bret Hart's heel run in him because that was transcendent. I mean, what Bret Hart was able to do when he turned heel – was to not really turn heel. He was able to create an audience, like the audience was a character on the show and he made them the heels. That's what he was able to do with American wrestling fans. Like, and from, and from our perspective, as international viewers, when we were watching, it was, you're watching it and you're going, fuck this crowd, man. This crowd is, is these crowd are awful. Like, why are they, why are they booing Brett? Brett's still doing the same thing he's always done. You know what I mean? He was able to do something that I don't know a lot of people would have been smart enough to be able to, to, to create that. But like, well, no, you're right. You're Atlanta is not Canada. That That's, that's not for damn sure. Atlanta will not be Canada. No. Well, I just, and they're not there enough it. anyway. You know, you know what I want to touch on too? The fact that Bret Hart and Stone Cold probably had the best double turn in history of professional wrestling in many ways. Just that just tells you what type of pros they were compared to some of today's wrestlers. I think today's guys, like even like specifically even Cody, like what's the end game here, guys? Like, I mean, what, what, what's his end game? What does he want to achieve out of this? Like just play dumb the whole time where people are he's pretending everyone loves him and no cody wants to be president yeah that's true but i mean seriously prof what's what do you think the end game is uh the, the end game is to be loved to be revered to be cheered to be adored now the pro the pro- question is which way to do to do that 
And that's what Cody is trying to figure out. He's got to read the he's got to read the AEW crowd a little bit differently than what he's trying to progress. Because since the inception of AEW, everybody gravitated to, towards Cody for the effort of creating AEW. You know what I mean? The the, right. the creation of All In, the creation of All Out. You know, the, people felt that Cody was the drive was one of the driving forces to create this organization. And you know, he he kind of is. Besides Tony Khan's money and Shaq Khan's money, but t- Cody was the figurehead or the or the, the wrestling symbol of creating this organization. Maybe I think you know he was trying to go way into the dusty roads uh, tree of psychology. You know, trying to create a lot of sympathy towards him. Like you know, I'm not you know. Uh, yeah, remember the, the heavyweight yeah. title stipulation? I right, think he wanted right. to create so much empathy and sympathy for himself that we will always rally for him and feel sympathy towards him. But then that that turns into like arrogance, cockiness from the fans' point of view and said, you know what, you're full of it. And then if yeah. people really feel like, you know, doing the, the big, big show and, and doing the, and doing the uh, reality show is like he wants to be pro-Hollywood, you know, I don't know if that, that – that makes me against him. You know, it turns me away from him. I, I actually want him to do that for the brand. You know, that's brand awareness. If you see Cody Rose on something else besides wrestling, he's representing AEW in a different light. And I think that's all great for wrestling fans and the wrestling industry that you got a guy that's not under the WWE banner doing an outside project. That's to me, I think that's a win for us wrestling fans. But if people feel like that's, you know, if that's the symbolic uh, symbol, I mean, that he wants to get away from wrestling and do other things, then, and they, they're trying to say, fuck you, Cody, then that's on the fans. That's why I say I want him to fight this and stay true to himself because to me, I think it creates more compelling TV. It made the main event more interesting because I actually wanted to see how the fans are. If the fans want to riot against what Cody Rhodes does, so be it. But if you're going to turn him heel, you better find the right guy to turn him heel against. And it wasn't. It's not Pac. It probably no. might be against Orange Cassidy or something like that. It might have to be against like Sammy Guevara or Darby Allen to do something heelish against or CM you know Punk. those kind of. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Punk will have the, the fans. But speaking of Punk, bef- before we all, you know, end the show, you know, and make it a wrap, Prof, I want to know, man, what do you think of that first promo between MJF and Punk? That was the best twenty minutes of Dynamite in its in, the, in the Dynamite history ever. I agree, I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, that was just too good, man. I'm still, I'm still reeling from that. I mean, I can watch that over and over. It's one of those segments that you can just rewatch did you think MJF- that was that was 20 that was 25 minutes and i didn't feel it you know what i mean that's how wow, good it was 25 minutes it I went by it. like it was five that's how yeah. good it was. yes it, it was so it was 25 minutes of straight talking and how how often as wrestling fans have we complained about a show opening up with 25 minutes of straight talking you know what this was exactly how you open up a, a show with 25 minutes of talking it, it was it was crisp. It, like you said, it didn't feel like it was 25 minutes long. It felt like it blew by. There were lines in this that people are going to remember. Like, oh, for sure. you know what I mean? There, there were, there were things mm-hmm. that were said in this that are going to be t-shirts. This, this was pro wrestling promo work at its absolute finest. 
and nice. pro wrestling teases wet dreams with lines and zingers <laughs> to use. Do you want to sing You're us a song, Max? That, I mean, honestly, I, that needs to be a t-shirt. Oh, man. Seriously. that Yeah, look, that was just brilliant. Do you think MJF got it over Punk Prof? Who do you think won that little battle, should we say? I'm going to be real here, guys. I'm going to call it a draw. I think both of them got the zingers that they needed. I don't think one, one or the other. I think people just expected, you know, Punk had the uh, Punk had the zingers back, but MJF brought some ethers, especially the yeah, UFC line, ethers, especially ethers. the seven years line, <laughs> especially the Triple H line and the Cena line. Uh, you got to say back and forth. It, it's a draw. I'm going to call it a draw. I don't know. I think it was the presentation, like the way, the way MJF like cut the promo, is what won me over too, man. Because I felt like Punk was too relaxed until towards the end. I felt like he started feeling it. He, he looked like he went a bit red on the face at one stage, dude, where he was getting a bit embarrassed. Yeah, I don't but know, him- man. I, I feel like if you come out with a line like "The only way you're ever going to be number one is if you wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter that you marry." Yeah, that was That's, good. I mean. That's one of those lines where, like, it doesn't even matter what the rest of the fucking song was. It's like, ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can he come back from that? Can he come back from that? I don't know. Fuck. Oh, man. I mean, come on. MJ have said some fucking zingers, man. Like, I mean, I mean, he wasn't wrong. There's a, there was a lot of truth in those promos, man. You know what I mean? Like, I just well. can't wait for next week when the crowd chants Miz at MJF. That's going to be wonderful. Oh, shit, man. Can you believe that? Yeah, An they AEW event. They've got <laughs> options. <laughs> yeah, Needle Dick options. and Miz. Miz wannabe. Oh, Needle Dick was was great as well, man. That's that's not that's going to stay with him for sure, man. 100%. But guys, is there anything else we need to talk about, or is, uh, or is that it? That's about it, man. I kind of wanted to give a, a quick little shout-out to Arn and Tully for their, for them facing off and getting what I legitimately think might have been the second biggest reaction of the goddamn night. Oh, I was um, hoping for them to both turn on fucking Cody, dude. Man, and you know what? They're, they're pushing it that way because when Arn and Tully were facing off, FTR got in the ring. And Arn was backing off, but FTR was making motions at him like, no, 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 we're not going to try to attack you. We're, we're not trying to hurt you. We're not, we're not like they were walking forward, but it, it looked like they were selling it as, you know, hey, no, we just we, we want to be your friend to too. Arn. So, yeah. So I like that. And let's be real, man. The Horseman and the Rhodes never got along, man. I'm waiting for the day that Arn totally turns anyway. So we can give Cody even more sympathy or that's what he's going to demand. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before we go, I want to ask one more question, Prof, because we've discussed this in the past, but where would he ever get a title shot ever again? Has he booked himself in a corner where he can't? Like, what happens there, man? Uh, Who? Oh, Cody? Cody, yeah. Yeah, he booked himself in the corner because he lost to Jericho because of MJF, and he promised, and he promised the uh, audience he would never uh, go after the AEW title. That's why the TNT title was created for him. Right. Yeah, so, but if he ever, but if, if he ever wants to turn heel, he can just say, "I'm the EVP." So right, yeah, that's, that's right. He could be Triple H. Essentially, yeah. that's the only legitimate way out. That's the only legitimate loophole. Yeah. Turn heel and then use the EVP card. You're right. That's the only way to do it. But as a good guy, he can't do it. No, it would make no yeah, sense. No, definitely not. Definitely not. All right, guys. Well, Prof, tell them where they can find you, bro. 
Uh, you can find me on the PwC Network where I do the professor's perspective. Taking a little week off with the Thanksgiving holidays because I'm full with my turkey inside the professor right now. So next we will get a new episode of the perspective on the PwC Network. And of course, you can find me on the PW Hustle Networks at Hobbying.com with the PWR Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with myself and Tommy Wonder. And find me on the Twitter at PRO. PW Hustle PROF. That's PW Hustle Pro. Thanks, guys, for letting me uh, hang with you for a couple of minutes. It's always no a problem. pleasure, man. Thanks for and coming. You know, you've got an open door policy with us, bro. So whenever you want to jump on, feel free, man. I don't, we don't even have to tell you. You can just come on right in. Thank you, guys. And happy, and happy Thanksgiving once again, man. So, yeah, but Chris, tell them where they can find you too, bro. I mean, for the last two weeks and the next two weeks, probably at a fucking airport <laughs> somewhere. Uh, no, if you want to if you wanna find me, uh, look me up on, uh, on Twitter. It's uh, ChrisAms1. Uh, that's my name. Uh, ChrisAms and the number one. And um, yeah, I'm on there making all kinds of funny comments and, you know, telling people that their Thanksgiving is wrong. So, but really um, from, you know, from, from us to you, from the PwC to, to anybody listening, our American audience, happy Thanksgiving. Um, you know, hopefully you, you get a chance to spend a lot of time with your family and uh, you get some good food and you don't argue about politics. That's, that's my only hope that I have for our people. Absolutely, man. And saying that, please like and subscribe right here at the at the pwcnetwork.podme.com. You can find the Night in My Show, the Chris's Show, the Professor Show, Hammerlock Hangover, which is Jeff Lippman's show, and Stephen Pena's. I mean, geez, man, we got we got everyone over here. And and also like and subscribe at atmarkmedia.com, where the boss man himself, Mr. Dr. Michael Jago has got everything up on there too man so oh and also like and subscribe at the pw hustle because that's where you also find the skirmish and in saying that he was the professor Travello very cruise that's christopher ams i'm jimmy t and you've been listening to the pwc wednesday night skirmish right here at appmarkmedia.com pw hustle and at the pwc network peace peace
thing about it is, is that, uh, and we've seen and we've showed some of the, the footage since he's got the world title match coming up against Hangman Adam Page with a little, a little bit more aggressiveness to Danielson. Oh, but Danielson escapes, grabs the leg, and starts chopping. Our kick. Chopping with those kicks. Danielson and Cabana have had five career singles matches. And Brian Danielson won four of them. The fifth actually went to a 60-minute time limit draw right here in Chicago. Listen to those chops. Flesh on flesh. Those chops are unbelievable. The number one contender, undefeated since his arrival here in AEW. And he has had some great competition, like you said, Excalibur. That's leather on the skin. It's a very distinctive noise. I mean, think, think of American Dragon Brian Danielson taking the former AEW World Champion Kenny Omega to a 30 minute time limit draw. Momentum now being built literally and figuratively here by, by Brian Danielson. Havana in the corner. Danielson creates some distance, charges in. Havana yes. escapes. He made a mistake that time. Kind of uncharacteristic big one for Brian Danielson to leave his feet voluntarily in such a vulnerable state. And this is giving out Cole Cabana, who's a veteran, as we talked about, an opportunity. Wild swing and a miss by Danielson. Cabana throwing the right hands. And he dropped the elbow on the crown of the head of Danielson. Cabana going to line Apple. No. Danielson countered. He's got the waist lock to release German suplex. Cabana landed nasty on that shoulder. Fans not uh, Overwhelmed to watch their hometown hero becoming dismantled. Still to come here tonight, our main event, Cody Rhodes teams up with the Death Triangle to take on FTR. Andrade El Idolo and Malachi Black. What a huge main event for Dynamite here tonight. I'm anxious to see how those dudes coexist. This has been a hard-hitting Dynamite, guys. This has been a hard-hitting on all sides. Brian Danielson. Oh, grabbing, tearing at the nose of Cabana. Danielson, maybe thinking Avalanche. German, no, he's, yeah, he's thinking backdrop off the top. Cabana, though, a well-placed right hand. Yeah, Cabana better watch. I mean, he better watch his balance here. One's on the top, one's on the middle. Not good, I'm just telling you. Well, he, elbow, knocks Danielson back into the ring. And Colt Cabana! One, two, go! Almost beat him with a moonsault. You gotta get right back to business, Cole. Right back to business. Cole Cabana. Ooh, the elbow strike. He's got the wrist of Danielson captured. Danielson nowhere to go. Swing and a miss. No, oh, the trip. And Danielson. Cabana's struggling. And Danielson. Oh, the kicks right to the face. Look at those shots, great camera angle. To see exactly what's going on. And Danielson turns the corner. And look at this, flexing after he just stomped the head of his friend of 20 years. He's got the LaBelle lock locked in. Cabana forced there's a the tap. tap out. Yeah, that, there's yeah. the tap. Man. I don't know if this guy is just mean or ornery or both. 
The American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Yeah, I'm going to go to the ring and talk to Brian Danielson right now. We'll, we'll be talking to him in just a few moments. Okay, Tony, good luck on that. Brian Danielson is the number one contender for the AEW world title, and he is undefeated since his arrival here in AEW. But you're not making many friends, I can tell you that. You know, it's funny. Because when I debuted in Chicago, I got a much different reaction than this. And I wonder, is it me or is it you? Because I have one word to describe that, and that's fickle. I am not fickle. I came out here and I said that I was gonna kick Colt Cabana's head in, and not only did I kick his head in, I kicked his teeth out. Next week, we are in Atlanta, and I hear there's a couple Dark Order members from Atlanta, so I invite any one of them to fight me next week, and I'll kick their heads in. And all of this, is leading to the ultimate head kicking, and that's Hangman Adam Page. Hangman. Well, right on cue, Excalibur, right on cue. The new AEW World Champion, there he is. Speak his name and the Cowboys shall appear. I don't know if uh, Daniel Bryan is in the mood for a little cowboy shiznit or not. But look at Hangman Adam Page. He is dressed to fight tonight. Remember, he didn't back down from Brian Danielson. It was Brian Danielson that backed down from Hangman Adam Page last week. Get it, you made your point. You said you'd kick Colt Cabana's head in and you did it. Yeah, I get it. But that's the last. Because we're in Chicago. And this city, this building, well, they hold a very special place in my heart. And I can't think of a better place or a better time to defend this championship against you than right here and right now. Well, that's a popular idea. Of course, of course he would say that after I've already wrestled the match. To me, to me, to me, that's not cowboy shit, that's coward shit. Well, I tell you what, if you don't want to do the match right now, uh, to be honest, I'm not leaving Chicago without a fight. And since you just had a match, I'll make it fair. I'll give you the first shot, come on. How smart is this? For the champ. Don't you insult me like that. Here they go! 
the champ and the number one contender in an impromptu battle before a sold-out crowd here in Chicago. Oh, Hangman with the boot. Oh, the buckshot. It was copped an arm and aimed. And that would have sent Brian Danielson for a ride. We know they will meet at some point, but it won't be tonight, but I cannot wait to see Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson go one-on-one. -on -one. they touched, they touched. They, they felt each other's ire and the power and the, and the passion. And absolutely awesome. Cody inadvertently hit 
Pap right in the face. Andrade dropped the hammer on Cody. But Pac, oh, oh, belly to belly into the corner. Pack using Andrade's momentum against him. Now all the men are down. Here comes Tully. Oh. Here comes Arn. Oh, my God. What it was a cold prefects giving night in Chicago. Yes, sir. This brings back some Thanksgiving memories. And the fan, and the Jose says, look, what's Jose doing? What the hell? Jose gets in the... It's his personal business, Jose. Is that Alex? My God, what's going on around here tonight? Wait a second. FDR and Tully Blanchard. They got Arn cornered. Oh. Takes out FDR. Penta, the sling blade on Wheeler. One for Harwood as well. God, mind of the offense, the action is non-stop here. The Lucha Brothers taking the fight. To FTR. We're building a lot of momentum for Friday Night's Rampage, I can tell you that. Penta, topic on the And Frank Phoenix! Unbelievable chances. Unbelievable chances. Oh, Mellon got blessed. The black mist in the eyes of Pack. The mist in the eyes, blinding Pack. And on Charlie! and Andrade El Idol. Wow. What action on the Thanksgiving Eve. In front of a sold-out crowd, we saw a little bit of everything tonight, guys. And what action we will have coming up this Friday night on AEW Rampage Special Black Friday Edition. 10 p.m. 9 Central right here on TNT. Ladies and gentlemen, from my outstanding partners, Excalibur, Tony Giovanni, I'm Jim Ross saying enjoy your Thanksgiving, be safe, love your loved ones, and I'll see you again in the very near future. It's the holidays. You don't want to talk to your family. You don't want to watch those same old boring movies you've seen a thousand times before. Get yourself the hottest gift for the holidays, a subscription to Hami Media Group at ChannelAttitude.com. 
Get all your favorite HMG review shows, locker room news, and independent creator content you really want to hear. Subscribe today at channelattitude.com and give yourself the gift you really wanted for the holidays from your friends at Hameen Media Group.